spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is the new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And today we are going to be talking about Father's Day. I'm so excited about this. Check out how this happened. I went on Facebook and I said, I need a father for Father's Day. Help. And this wonderful Facebook friend who is always chatting with me back and forth said, I, my husband can do it. And so here, because of the beauty of the connectedness of the world, I get to meet the person who I've been typing with on Facebook but never actually seen. How great is this? So not only that, but I get her husband at the same time. So this is Susan and Terry, and they're talking to us from England, and I'm really excited. Thank you for being here, Terry. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. Hi, Susan. <laughs> it's exciting, exciting. And actually, folks, we're doing it on Skype. They can't see me right now because of a contact issue, but I can see them. And we even have the family dog. So we're in really good shape. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Kizzy. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we've got a real family for Father's Day here. The family for Father's Day. How great. Now, is Father's Day a thing over there? Tell, tell me a little bit about the culture that you're calling from. In what respect, Well, I know in some countries we have holidays at different times. Like when I go to Paris, uh, they'll have Mother's Day at a different time than we have Mother's Day. So do you have Father's Day there, and when is it? Uh, well, it's around the third Sunday in June, I think. So 21st of June, that's when it normally happens. Okay, so you guys are similar to us in that respect. That's awesome. And uh, you ha tell us about your family. How many kids? What kids? Who's got what? Have we got some fancy diagnoses? Tell us about your family. Uh, well, average family. Uh, two lovely boys. They're absolutely fabulous. Uh, we have Joe, who's the autistic one. Uh, he's now 21. And Callum is our older son. He's 23. Oh, very nice. And your 23-year-old, let's start with him. What is he doing with himself? He's an MVQ assessor for the health industry oh, that's in this country. That's interesting. What do you do, Terry? What do you do? Me, I'm, I'm a contracts manager for electrical company. So he didn't follow in your footsteps. He did his own thing, right? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, he's totally independent. That's very cool. And what about your other son? Tell me about him. Well, Joe's uh, obviously, um, we're talking about autism here. He's autistic, and uh, he's decided to go into the IT industry. Um, he's now going into his fourth year at... Um, college, university, whatever you want to call it, um, doing really well. You know, he's getting diplomas and things like that. He's, yeah, I'm proud of him. He's doing really well. That's really exciting. So let's yeah. get let's get some history here so we have an understanding. Because, you know, autism is just such a big 
diverse group of people. You can have everything from no language, no potty skills to excelling and in, in, in every field and being brilliant. So in his story, tell his story a little bit for us. Um, do you want to help me out here a little bit? Sitting in the background there. It's, it's Father's Day, but it's okay. It's okay. The wife is allowed to talk. Mothers help fathers all the time. Unfortunately, the wife seems to take care of the sons more than the fathers. We go out to work, and you know, the mothers tend to look after the sons more. That's true. That's true, but but it is Father's Day, so we want to know what it was like from your perspective. But if you really need her help, we'll let we'll let her speak up. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I think I need a little bit of help. <laughs> okay, take a little bit of help. Just give us the sort of the 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 quick synopsis of your son's uh, autism history. It was he was diagnosed properly when he was five. Uh, we knew we knew before then he had a lot of issues. We had to, you know, take him to doctors. We had to ask for help. We weren't overly sure what his issues were, but we knew there was something not quite right. Um, my mother said to us, she'd read something and she said, I think maybe he could have autism. My immediate reaction was, Mom, kids with autism don't speak. They rock. They swim with dolphins. <laughs> so he's not autistic. <laughs> and then obviously, that, that's, what, that's how it was. Then later I read books and you go on from there. And, and you my could... perception was I didn't accept it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, to be honest, when he was, it was about, he was about three, wasn't he? He was at nursery. And yeah, he was about three years old, I think, something like that. And when we started going through the process of um, him getting diagnosed and his attitudes changed and things like that, it, it was around that time, wasn't it? I think the the, the nursery staff wanted a psychologist to come in to the nursery and observe him and we had to have a meeting beforehand and I said yes 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 of course of course because I knew there was something wrong and I wanted it to go ahead so my husband went mm-hmm, have to think about that I was out of the way actually there's nothing wrong with my son he was just a yeah. <laughs> well he was lovely but yeah he had his moments so you know, what what Young child, I suppose he was throwing, throwing a tantrum, doing what a young child would probably do to try and force their hand. He wouldn't, so he wouldn't accept it, so we walked out of the nursery, and Terry said, "I don't want people thinking my kids are not up." Yeah, <laughs> those were his I did words. use that word actually. Yeah, and I said, "Listen, it doesn't matter what other people think. We're parents, and our job." is to make sure our son gets the best that he can have. And I went, let them come in and look at him. And he just went, okay. <laughs> As men do when, when we go, you will do this. <laughs> yeah. So, Terry, tell me, um, 
What were the things that were making people feel like maybe there was something amiss? Was it just the tantrums? He sort of changed a little bit. It was um, the unapproachability. He, he, even people he knew, um, even his name could come up to him, you know, and say hello to him, and he'd just throw a rage. It was mm -hmm. things like that. He was all right with, obviously, us his parents but because he didn't see his name on a daily basis or you know he might see her once a week it, it was that type of thing and if i went out the door yeah. if i left if i left joe with terry if i went out the door he yeah if i was screaming at the door like a bull yeah it was, himself at the door. it was them sort of things that sort of made it, yeah. no this isn't right it's he's uncomfortable yeah. yeah, yeah, and I sort of personally felt it was, oh, you know, he, he loves his mum and he wants his mum and things like that. It was, I didn't think it was anything against me. No, no, well, I'm sure not. You know, I was out of work every day and he probably didn't see me, probably saw me for a couple of hours of an evening, put him to bed or whatever, you know, but because I, I work all the time, I probably didn't see him every night. Right, no, and you you probably did things life. right, and you probably things did things different than mom, and he knew how yeah. mom did them, and she knew how he did them, and so he felt more comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then, once they gave you a diagnosis, Terry, since you were in that place of denial, uh, how did you feel? What did you? How did you deal with that? Um, didn't like it. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I would admit that. Um, felt very strange to think that my offspring were not in a sort of weird way, but it, I say this not right, mm -hmm. not the norm, right? Or what you would consider the norm. A very strange feeling at the time. How did they say it to you? Do you remember? I think Susan said it to me, really, more or less. So they told. <laughs> It was a case of, yes, he's different. There is something wrong with him, and we need to sort it out. And at the time, I sort of went, no, no, nothing wrong with my son. You know, he's my blood and all that. And then we come home and sat down and talked about it. And, yeah, I had to accept it. There, there was something wrong. Didn't know quite why at that stage. Susan obviously looked into it more than me because um, she was talking to the schools and uh, the nurseries and things like that. So I didn't really fully understand it at that time. But as things progressed and Susan spoke to me about it and all, and yeah, I grew to understand what it was all about. Okay, so here's a normal circumstance, and you can go ahead and correct me if this doesn't fit you. But in a normal circumstance, uh, when you've got the man working and the woman sort of uh, heading off all of this figuring out, um, is that she does most of the work and his denial lasts a little longer and, and he sort of just plays catch up all the time and looks to the wife as, what do I do now and what's right and how do we help? And, and, and there's often a place where the husband just feels lost, like he has no part to play. Um, did you go through things like that 
as a dad, did you find a rhythm of a way to help? Talk to us a bit. Um, yeah, so I think I did feel that, to be fair. Um, Susan's very much, yeah, um, my wife is brilliant, by the way. I have to say that. Um, she's very much a take-child sort of person. And I've always been a very much, uh, a working type of person. And more or less, I, I, I probably worked a bit too much when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Um... Unfortunately, my job took me away from home a lot and she took charge of the situation, really. Um, And I didn't really have to deal with it to a high level. You know, I I worked away from home and I come home at weekends and the family home was brilliant. You know, what she'd done with him and to settle him down and get things sorted was excellent and I used to come home and she'd say, yes, we've done this this week and um, we've put this into place and you have to adapt to that situation. Um, Stop, forget that. Mm-hmm. When you didn't work away and you you had to adapt to me saying this and the other, that's what she's asking. Was it hard? You just... You're not in control, are you? No, not really, no. So you, you, how did you feel when you've had to work away, come home, and I've put things in place? It's not easy. Um, how did you feel? Like, as awkward. A, as a dad, exactly. Awkward in a, in a sense, because I didn't really know my own son then. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have that, probably got, I didn't have that full relationship with him, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Because I wasn't there every day. Right. Because right. I worked away Monday to Friday, probably home at weekends. And you had to take instruction from your wife on how to be with him and what was being done, right? Yeah, I'd come home on a Friday night and and, and then Susan would say to me, you know, well, this has happened this week. Um, he's maybe had a little progression in this, you know, situation or he threw a wobbly at school, um that to restrain him or, or, you know, things like that. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's, you know, although we talk every night on the phone, obviously you can't go into every detail. Um, yeah, it was, a, it's an eye-opener, really. It's a very strange situation. You, okay. you feel a bit remote. Okay, so understand, Terry, so many fathers are dealing with this same circumstance. You have the blessing of being farther down the road now, right? So you can now say, my son is doing well, and we'll get to that in a bit. But at the time when you were going through it, so many people listening to this show are going through it right now. Can you share a story that will help them to relate to you that you remember from the past when you would come home and not know what to do or something that happened? And then maybe we'll talk about, you know, that it, that it, just keeps unfolding like every child. We just keep teaching. But let's start with a story. Do you have any memories um, from, you know, when you were coming home and not really knowing what to do and trying to do it and maybe it didn't go so well or it did or whatever? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> well, probably from when he... Uh, taking instance from probably when I worked... I did used to work away from home a lot, 
Um, my job took me away. Um, there was probably a time when I come home at a weekend. Um, you know, Susan's obviously had enough. You know, she needs time out I as can, well. I, I can think of one instance when Joe was really tiny and I had had enough. Yes. And I just said, I can't do this. I'm, I'm going to my mum's <laughs> five minutes down the road. And I said to Terry, deal with it. You deal with it. And I went home because I knew the kids were safe. They're with the dad. And he had to feed and clothe them. Two, there was two of them. And I'm like, they're safe, they're fine. And I got home, they were both in bed. He was like this, pulling his hair out. <sighs> they're both in bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, thank you. <laughs> Do you remember that night, Terry? Um, there's probably a number of them, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, uh, 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 Susan, you know, used to have a hard time during the week with Joe, and, and you know, if I come home and she'd arrange a night out with the girls or whatever, yeah, all right, yeah, I'll, you know, they're my sons, I'll take care of them, that's, yeah. that's fine, ain't a problem, but, um, the minute Susan walked out the door and <laughs> Joe's hammering on the door, I want my mum, I want my mum, and I'm, I felt like a stranger to him. He, he in, he's got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no hair. I love, I love that. You felt like a stranger to them. Talk about that a little bit because I think that's common. I think that's, that's more part of, when I say that, it, it, it's more because I worked away a lot. At that time, in their younger life, in his younger life, I worked away, um, and yeah, I did feel like a stranger to him. I, think, I wasn't there every day. That's what I'm, I miss. Yeah, I've missed a lot. Yeah, I think you know, to, to be fair, like yeah, to be fair, Terry, I think even dads that work um, and come home at night, they're very often missing the entirety of the child's life because they get home at bedtime or they get home just after bedtime and they wake up in the morning and go to work. It's really a lot of time spends that the dads are not part of. Yeah, it is true. I mean, it's true. You, you need to be... I think you need to be there. And for me, I think that is... Maybe I've done that wrong at the time. Okay, but let's look you know, at... But, but, but work, work took me away. We had to earn money and, you know, right. support your family. You know, men do that, you know, and it's a, it's a hard situation. What do you do, you know? Okay, so your son is doing well. Let's talk about where he's at now because what's the point of saying what you did wrong when it's turned out well? Yeah. No, I mean, he's, you know, he's just a brilliant child. I can't fault him. He's, he's turned into a lovely young man. Does he still have tantrums? He can still throw a wobbly. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, he can, he's still quite adamant in if he doesn't want to do it he won't do it if he doesn't want to go somewhere he won't do it mm-hmm. um, well, that's not a bad thing no no to a degree but you know he's 21 now and he's got his own mind and we don't want to stop that right but 
but we still we, we still will force do certain no, he's things. Not, not forcing, but we will make. He's him. more amenable. He he understands more. Yeah, he's more adaptive yeah. now to situations. He listen to us more. He was very regimented when he was little. Actually, I mean, you you couldn't take him shopping because if you said to him, "Yes, we'll take you shopping." He wanted to go to game stores, like video games and things like that. But once he'd done that, he, he wasn't interested in going to any other shops. Right. And I found that really weird. And then he'd throw a wobbly in the middle of the high street. Um, <laughs> and he'd be picking him up off the pavement type of thing. And mm-hmm. that was quite bizarre. And then people were staring at you because you're now looking like you're beating up your own child in the middle of the street. <laughs> um, which... I look back, it's quite funny now, but at the time it probably wasn't that funny. We we can have like a little moment because yeah. at one time we had an issue in the shop, outside the shop, and he folded his arms and he went, Dad, I'm just not going in there. And Terry went, it's not going in, it's not going in. And I went up to Joe and I said, okay, you wanted to go to the game shop we went into the game shop. You wanted to go to this shop, we went into this shop. Your brother wants to go into this shop and we're all going into this shop. Do you understand? And he went, oh, come on. <laughs> and he was like, and, okay, so dad is like, dad, don't want to do it. <laughs> so you were the one that was easy. You're going to have to try bribing with sweets as well, but... You know what's it? Yeah. Well, actually, Mom, what you did was you used logic. It's the most missing thing. It's funny because everyone knows that autistic people have very strong logic, and yet so few uh, therapies take advantage of that and just use plain logic, and usually it works. You know, you did mom logic. You said, it's our turn. <laughs> yes, yes. Well done. <laughs> Joe tried to use his logic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bribing. <laughs> okay, so we're, after the break, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you what is sort of the advantages, sort of the role that a man plays that's really made it better, the, the best bits about being the dad, because it is sort of a Father's Day cho- show. But bef- before we do that, I wanted to mention something that I heard an autistic girl speaking. She was doing a TED Talk, and it was really interesting. She made the statement that as an autistic person, one of the greatest things about being an autistic person is you get an idea of something that you want, you figure out how to get it, and you go do that. And that you're so determined for the things you want that that's made it possible for her to do many wonderful things, like write a book, etc. And I think that our job with an autistic child is to learn to work with that. What do you think about that statement? Does that sound right to you when you think about your son? I would agree with that. Yeah. Right. You've got to learn to adapt to them to a degree as well and help them. Help them to make those things that they want 
be useful yeah. to their future and their life, right? Yeah. You've got to adapt to their abilities as well. It's not just their want. It's like anyone's wants. I was talking about this at work the other day. Um, we have an autistic child where I work who loves animals and her mentor wants to take her away from animals. I disagree because you need to work with their passion because their passion helps with everything else about them. So if they have a passion about animals and you need them to want to speak about other people, then you extend, so the passion's in the middle, you extend outwards like petals. So right. let's talk about passions for animals. Okay, what do animals eat? So you go into farming and it extend out. I, I agree. That's beautiful. I worked with a boy who had a passion for animals, and he called all of us an animal name. So I was, I was a zebra, you know, and his mom was a partridge, and someone else was a kangaroo. And yeah. then, you know, we found out why he thought that of us, and we played our roles well, and we got more vocabulary from it, and eventually we got to have our names. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. yeah, yes. Okay, so this is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. Make sure you stay to the end of the show where we will have stories from the road. We're going to skip the great guest. Actually, so it would not be right for me not to give away something for Father's Day. So how about if I offer uh, the first person to send me an email at mom, number four, evermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com, and put the Wingmaker in the subject line, gets a copy of the Wingmaker, and that will be the great guest giveaway today, and I'll repeat that in a little bit. Okay, we are speaking with Terry and Sue. And do you mind Sue, or do you want Susan? No, no, she's fine. Okay, we are speaking with Terry and Sue all the way from England, and they're sharing with us for Father's Day. How exciting is that? Um, love that you're here, and let's talk a little bit about what's the best thing that you bring to the whole autism story as a dad. What makes the fact that you're a man beneficial in helping with your son? I can give you. I can give you a place to start. <laughs> can I give you a place to start? Yeah, go. All right. I'll give it to you from brain development. So in the brain of a guy, and since your autistic person is a, a boy, <laughs> it might help. Um, in the brain of a male, the, under fMRI, when we watch how, what lights up a male brain versus a female brain, male brains light up much more. They're more excited by inanimate objects than female brains are. So things like balls and trains and... Uh, into his trains. Okay, so stuff like that yeah. tends to interest men more than it does women in general. I've always wondered, so I'm going to ask you, I've always wondered if that played out in making it easier for you to connect because maybe you liked his play more than mom did. What do you think? Yes or no? Um, yes, a little bit, I think. Because he... He did like his cars, which obviously most dads do. We're all into our cars and things like that. Um, 
but then he, he reverted to trains. I wasn't really into trains as a child myself, so I didn't really relate to that. But we had the train sets for him. Um, we got him wooden train sets and things like that, and he loved them. And we used to build little train tracks all over the floor, and he'd play with them for hours, and that would keep him occupied. And that was a nice bonding experience, really. Again, like relating back to when I used to come home at weekends, you know, we would play with trains. You know, in that respect, yeah, that was good in that respect. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Sometimes the moms will play with the trains too, but they'll do it to teach a lesson and the dads will do it just to play. Does that sound right? Just fun, yeah. 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 And so I used to do wild and wacky train tracks and try and make the train jump gaps and things like that. I mean, I don't think he really fully understood what, what I was trying to do at the time, but I was probably having a bit more fun than him at that stage. Or he felt your fun. I mean, I think, and Susan, you can go ahead and pipe in, but my experience has been that very often we're working so hard to help them that it can be that there's too much work and not enough just plain fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely, it was lovely just to see them be, just be. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, because I would work alongside him when he was involved Mm-hmm. If he was in trade, not seeing me, I would work alongside him. So that's how we got the connection. Right. But he would just play, and sometimes it was nice. We were lucky enough to have our older son. They would have um, beanie babies, and those beanie baby toys would be, you know, like dolls, and they would have scenarios oh, he's got run over by a bus. So luckily, her older son helped Joe with autism. They'd play toys and games, which was was good. Very much so. That's very good. Yeah, so I would let them... Do you remember remember when he used to put his cars in order? Yeah. We had all these cars, and we used to buy him cars, and then he'd he'd put them in order, and then, I don't know, sizes or colours or whatever... But they was always in order. And if you messed it up, he put them back in order. <laughs> and I always found that a bit bizarre at the time. And how long did that last? Um, to take a toy out of line. Um, oh, God, that was only about six months or something. Like that. It, was, it wasn't a long time, a long period of time. No, I think it was not. I think it was a few was years. It, was it a few years? <laughs> Fair like six months. But that's probably because I was only on the weekends. <laughs> For you. <laughs> if you took all the weekends and lined them up, it was about six months. Yeah, maybe the weekends only ended up to six months. Then, there you go. <laughs> that's a pretty common one. Did they tell you that that was a pretty common one for an autistic person to want to line up? Or put in order. Well, we never had help with when he was diagnosed. Tell, tell me about that. Susan, Susan done all the reading and learning, and used to relate it all to me when I come home. So, yeah, we sort of picked yeah. up on that through Susan's reading of books and things like that. I, I took, I took because my sister had four children when, and I had Callum, I had Bell's Joe. Um, after a while, I won't, I won't go into the um, 
MMR, but we had differences. And then we had a lot of behavioural problems. So I've had my sister's four children, my son. Joe was very different. And I went to the doctors, I went to the health visitors. They kept sending me away. And as a mum, I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't know what. But I just knew something. And when he just, just before he was three, I went, I said, something's not right. I am not leaving until someone does something, assesses him, does whatever you want to do. So that was the start of it. And you never had help as in, so you've just figured no, it out? No, no, as soon as, no. soon as he was diagnosed, they just said, we know, we think he's got autistic spectrum disorder. He kind of follows those, but he kind of doesn't. But he's in that area. Okay. That was it. Bye. Right. I don't Thanks. think a lot of people knew about autism at the time. That was the thing. They it was, didn't. It was a new diagnosis, wasn't it, really? Bearing in mind he's 21 now. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something I'd like to get your opinion on. So, my kids are older as well, and um, I did it all myself. Um, although I tried with the schools and everything too, you know, we, they did go to school. Uh, eventually, I even took them out of school. And most of my kids, except for the one, um, they all got off the spectrum or, or managed to become independent or were declassified or whatever term the world is comfortable with right now. Um, and I, th- I believe it's because I did it myself. So talk to me a little bit about that experience. Were you, did you, do you feel like there was something valuable in you being able to just follow your instinct and keep gathering information? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. You have, it is, it's an instinct, it's an intuition. You can't explain it, it's there. And every every person is independent, aren't they? Every person is an individual. And and it's the same with autism, they are still individuals. You need to nurture their individuality. Yeah. And get them to excel whatever pleases them. Is that the right thing to say? You can't, you can, I've done it. I've worked with kids with autism. You can read a book, but when you work with children, you switch off to that book and you've got to tune in to their, to them, their person. Same with our son. Everyone is different. That's That's why everyone looks different. It's your DNA, isn't it? It's one size doesn't fit all. You can't you can't categorize people. No. no, and I really I really think it's beautiful that you understood that you just find his passion and help yeah. him grow from there because if you just if if so often we extinguish the passion in order to get the normal, which by the way is hilarious because we always celebrate people for being different. So it's it's the funniest yeah, thing. Normal, isn't it? That's what I mean. It's there's no such thing, and and again, I no. <laughs> if you've got a child that's an A class student and wants to go on and study law, 
you encourage that. Right. So why don't you encourage other passions, even though they don't excel in study area mode? Right. You know, you yes. don't need to. You don't need to have degrees. No, you need to nurture the talent of that you've got the child because it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, what, that's what we've done. I love it. I love it. And Terry, I'm going to re. Yeah, that's what I believe. You, but I. I want you to re-say that because it was beautiful and you cut out on the Skype. You said you have to nurture the... Nurture the child. That you've got, right? Yeah. You have to... You have to believe in what they want to do. You know, yeah, I'm an electrician by trade. Yeah, I would have loved my son to have a, a trade like me or electrician, carpenter, bricklayer... Whatever, but at the end of the day, he was never going to do that. He's found a vocation in the IT world, and that's what he's progressing in now. And that's what we've now said to him: right, yeah, go for it, do it. Yes, have it. You know, build that world for yourself. That's you know? yes, that's beautiful. Do and and tell me something: how do the siblings get along now at this older age? Oh, Calamese. Um, he he doesn't live with us anymore. He moved out about three years ago. But they, as brothers, they get on really well. You know, they to be honest, they've always got on well. Yeah, kids wind each other up as they do when they're little. But as they've got older, yeah, yeah, they get on. They're, they're really good. We're actually quite lucky. Yeah, we are quite lucky in that respect. Do you think? Do you think you're lucky, or do you think I, I'm? I'm really experiencing a lot of um, because I'm doing editing of these different shows and whatnot, and I've you know I see families everywhere. My experience is that the relationships are usually really good as long as there aren't too many therapists coming in and telling them that they're having a hard time with their autistic sibling. No, I think you're right. We're we're not lucky. I think we are without blowing our. And trumpet, we're good at what we do, and I, I do believe that. Mm. And our older son, oh, he can be a little wind-up merchant, yeah, the older yeah. one, and he will try and push Joe's buttons. He was, he was a little tinker. <laughs> he, he did. He, but that's good because he's normal, and it allows us then to teach. Joe, that's what kids do. Right. That's that. So now, how do you react to that? Now you've got to learn how to react. Yeah, it takes the Mickey, and then you have to give a little bit back. Right. And a little so bit of banter stuff. And it's a, it's actually it's a good teaching tool. Mm. Yeah, because it is. I tell you, when Joe was oh, he was eleven, ten, ten or eleven, he went to had to pop and see psychologists, psychiatrists. And because he was quite aggressive at school, um, he never hurt anyone, but he kicked bins and walls and everything. Then the doctors wanted to put him on uh, Ritalin. Ritalin, yeah. And I, no way, no, no way was I going to have that. And refused it straight away. They kept saying to me, oh, and the school kept saying to me, well, it might be good. 
there was no way because it masked a problem and didn't deal with the problem. Well, that's wrong anyway. How can you put um, I a 10 or 11 year old no. child on that sort of drugs like that? It's that's well, they're mind numbing drugs, aren't yeah. they? At the end no, of the we, day, we couldn't do it. He just took more or less a zombie. And you don't want that for your child at the right. end of the day. You want them to be as normal as possible. Yeah. Yes, they've got autism. Yes, they've got problems. But you still want them to be you, as normal as you can help them to be. Help them cope, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? That's, that's what we're here to do. That, as parents, that's what you're here to do. You're, you, you bring your children up to be reasonable sensible human beings, don't you? I don't know. They need to cope in an outside world. Life, yeah. If you cushion that... Drugs will not do that to them. They're not... And and they won't have the experience, right? If they're busy being a zombie, they're not going to have the experience of having a little bit of a tiff with their brother to figure out how to handle it, so... Exactly. If you pump them full of drugs, you're taking them away from the real world. Right. And the real world is what's going to make them better. Right. You can't teach. Again, that goes back to nurturing your child. It's you need to you need to promote them. You need to help them, move them along. Yeah. So I fought against. I fought against it because it just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. Every day is an adventure. Wonderful. Yes, it is. You know, we're almost out of time, so we have to make this very father about. So tell me, what do you think was the best gift you got? Well, the best, no, the best gift you got from the whole journey of being a dad, of a son with autism, of another son who had a brother with autism, of a wife who had to deal with autism. I mean, it's a big, it influences every moment. So... What what's oh, what did you get from that that right. maybe made you bigger, better, worse, whatever? Yeah, cool, blimey, then that's going back a bit now. Well, t- uh, talk about it from now. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what probably was a bit of an eye opener was again going back to when I worked away a lot and you know maybe I wasn't there as a proper father or if you want to term term it that way, but. Um, even getting a um, a cuddle off of him sometimes was hard, and there was oh blimey, there was probably months on end that it would just be a good night as he walked up to bed, and to actually get a hug, I think, is quite nice, you know. Yeah. And be recognised as a dad—that's quite a lonely experience, I think, from my side. Uh, but again, that's probably my fault because I worked away, but. I don't. Day, but you feel a bit remote. I, I don't think I don't think that's you because you worked away. It may be partly, but um, let's just you know let's share that a minute because I I love the gift that you're giving other fathers right now that are struggling with it. Um, I think it's pretty it's common. I've learned from my experience yeah, of my of our time that maybe you you need to make time. I know that's now, but now... Looking back, I think you need I to make know, time. I know, but if you could see our son now with his dad now, so that was then. Yeah, that's... How is it, how is it now? Exactly. Help yeah, them, well, help them, because... Yeah, tell me, Terry. Let, let's give them a picture, because remember, they're in the middle of feeling like they're lonely. 
And it's nice if they know that just doing the job gets you somewhere. So where are you at now in your relationship? Oh, we're brilliant now. I mean, we have so much fun. Um, actually, I'm, I'm just going to start teaching him now that he needs to start taking his dad down the pub and buying beers. <laughs> uh, and start socialising a bit more. Uh, that's... That's probably our next goal, actually, to be fair. Um, Joe's not too sociable, is he? He doesn't go out a lot, but I want to start getting him out. And uh, no, he but the, between us, between us, there's a lot of good fun times now and a lot of banter. And he, he's very... I don't know what's the word for it. He's got, he's got some he's lovely good, friends. Lovely sense of humour. Now. we've taught him to have the most it, it's been hard work teaching him to have banter so it's like what you say is not what you mean yeah so yeah he's got a terrific sense of humor but he does he terry maybe lays it low but joe and his friends and his brother and his dad i stay back because they have lads days out and it might be at the tattoo convention in London and off they go and it's fantastic it's so good because Joe would not be on a train he didn't like people he didn't like noise we, we forced him yeah we're starting to enjoy more we, days out now yeah see so we made him slowly push against all the things he didn't like so now he goes out with his dad. See, there yeah. you go. go on. And he starts going out, you know, he's starting to go out on his own as well and things like that, you know, we can, you know, not worry about him travelling out yeah. into London on his own yeah. or things like that. We live on the outskirts of London, you know. That's so, awesome. But all yeah, the sensory I'm, issues he had, yeah. he's managed himself to deal with that's really that's really beautiful Susan because really right or or they have healed a lot of them because when you expose somebody and you continually expose and handle and discover your brain changes and your sensory issues change and evolve so now it's time now it's time Susie for you to give your husband the best Father's Day gift you get to tell him what the best things it's gift time and the oh. gift, it'll be the gift of words. You're going to explain to him what's the most beautiful part about having him as a dad for your children. Oh. Oh, here you go. Oh. Well, I know, I know you weren't there for when they were younger. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really daft. I'm, I don't normally cry. I feel like I'm going to cry. But they love you and... The best thing about you is you've been there and... Okay, everybody, she's oh, crying. Cry <laughs> it's all right, we can wait, you can cry. You're just there, he's, he, he, you're, he's solid, he's there and everything you can think about of what a man should be, I've got, I've got that man. Oh. As a husband and a father, he's just there. He's solid, dependable, strong. 
and that's it. He's there. I love that. My everything. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Terry, um, one of the things I noticed a long time ago was what we worry about the most is usually the thing that matters the most to us, and we're probably already doing it better than we think. So here, the only thing you complained about in yourself was that you weren't there, and the thing that your wife can't get over saying is that you were there. So sometimes it's not about the many minutes that we missed because we can't avoid those. You must have given her quality. And what a blessing. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. I hope so. I hope so. Well, you know. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Do you... That was so sweet. <laughs> We're going oh, to say... I'm so glad I, I offer, I'm, I'm tired. I'm crying now <laughs> well good you you guys cry and you snuggle and just to say say goodbye to everybody and do it with one last word of wisdom give them a little something to hang on to just hang in there because what is happens at when they're four or five they'll blow your mind away when they're 20 exactly what are you doing because whatever you do every day will help them Yes. That's basically it, yeah. really. Uh, Consistency, just keep going. They're going to they're gonna get better and better and better every day. Wonderful. Um, just, just keep at it. Yeah, one step at a time. Yay, thank you so much from England. Thank you so much, Susan Thanks. and Terry. Bye-bye. All right, are we ever blessed? That was Susan and Terry. That calling in from England because I put up a Facebook post and said, I need a Father's Day show help. Am I blessed or what? Um, it's lovely to know that we're that connected around the world. That's why I say that um, I'm the brain broad because I help brain function at home and abroad all over the world. So, um, all right, folks, let's talk about one more time. Okay, okay, okay. It's the great guest giveaway. The reason I chose the wing maker for the Father's Day gift is because of why I wrote it. I wrote that book. It's a true story. I wrote it in rhyme, so it's not necessarily a father's first instinct, but it's a picture book with rhyme, so it's nice and short. It's strictly story, and what it does is it helps raise the value that folks put on those that are challenged. It's, it was my goal, is to give a gift to the world where you could maybe leave it out and your friend might pick it up and read a few pages and then get hooked on it, or, or a, a child, because it can be read by anyone 13 and up. And I want to change the way that a lower functioning especially, but a, a challenged person is addressed by the world as if they have no value. And so I think that a dad, to have this book, even just to leave it in a locker or to leave it out at the office, or to leave, it's a way of spreading a story that says our special population is of as much value as anybody else and actually brings a great gift if you'll take a minute to pay attention to their story. So that's what this story does. So I think that since it's nice and short, it might be the better one for Father's Day. Uh, forgive me for not having a more manly offer, but if you want it, please, please, please be the first person to send me an email at mom4evermore 
at juno.com and put the wing maker in the subject line and I will get that off to you with a signature and a wish. Okay, and now it is time for stories from the road. Well, while they were talking, I kept thinking about um, the value of a father. And for those of you who are my fans, you might be aware that I got married over and over again in, in search of a father for my children. So I started adopting. I was married. That became too much for him, and off he went. Um, and so I kept looking for a father for the kids, and I tried a couple more times, and we didn't even hardly live together for more than a week or two because the special needs of so many adopted kids was overwhelming to people. And they would want to be the hero. They would want to wear the hero dad suit. Do, 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 here I come. Daddy discipline. And then they'd say, um, oh, apparently uh, discipline doesn't cure autism. And off they'd go. Now I am simplifying it. I'm making it fun and silly. It was much more heart-wrenching than that. And, and I did believe the kids needed a father. And I was trying. And there's, you know, certainly I could tell the story from many different uh, perspectives. But why I bring it up is because I think that... Um, that anybody who is able to maintain their relationship and make it through raising the kids, you deserve applause from me because it's tough. And the homes that I've gone into where they've let the autism improve their relationship and turn them into a team trying to love on and change their children um, for the better, just as parents do for all children. When I say change, I just mean what parents do. Parents change their children. They give them their ideas. They share their beliefs. They take them to their churches. They, you know, they show them their jobs. We raise our kids by sharing what we think they need to know. And it's not different for autism. So those of you that turn and look at your husband and see his value, and help him to see his value. And husband, those of you that look at your wife and see her value, like Susan and Terry, I swear we couldn't have got a better couple for this. If you will do that, your, your marriage will be strengthened by the challenge, not torn apart. And you will raise wonderful children. But if you can't do it, at the very least, Please stay a dad, even if you get divorced. Stay in touch. Here's what happened for me. So I tried again, and I got married, and my littlest, who was very autistic, right, he, you know, he was so excited to have a dad. He'd spend hours on the phone talking to him before we moved, because we were moving countries, so we had to get you know, immigration and all that. And we moved into the States, and he already knew him really well from all these phone calls, and he was so excited to have a dad. And a few weeks into it, he said, what does it take to get y'all down to go on down the road, right? And so he's like, this is too much work. So, um, so there I was again, and I'm, like, telling my son, I'm sorry, we have to go. And he looked at me. And here's this boy that doesn't have tons of language who's been really, you know, he, he's talking, but he's still a little echolalic, and he talks in movies, and, you know, everything's Roger Rabbit. And, and he takes a moment, and he looks at me, and he got these big eyes, and the tears started to form, and he said, but then I won't have a dad. 
And then he went back to perseverating and scripting. But in that moment, I saw the value of what I couldn't give him. So dads, if you're there, don't take yourself away. Be there and have a wonderful Father's Day. I'm Lynette Louise, the Brain Broad, and you've been listening to a new spin on autism, Answers. Thank you for being here and listening to me, because without you, I would just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, a real-life guide to autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.